Welcome everybody to the ninth episode of the Duncan with Dom podcast. I'm your host Dominic Chapone. Uh, back at it again with another episode. Although this time things are going to be a little bit different. Um, so for this episode, given that um, we're technically not supposed to have uh, an episode release today because we only do Tuesdays and Thursdays. Um, because of March Madness, I figured I want to have an episode just dedicated to the bracket, just going over my first round predictions and maybe even my second round predictions. Um, because we're going to have episodes with other guests starting next week that will go over the Sweet 16 matchups and the uh, rest of the March Madness bracket moving forward. And I also wanted to use today's episode as more of like a pause uh, for the rest of the pod moving forward because it is a landmark moment uh, for the Dunkin' with Dom podcast about to hit double-digit episodes, which is really exciting. So things are going to be a little bit different for this episode. It's not going to last more than about like 25-ish minutes or so. Just want to provide some updates, talk about March Madness for a bit, and all that good stuff. Um, So I want to get started with my bracket here. This is obviously being recorded on Thursday, March 18th. March Madness is already underway. Wichita State and uh, Drake are currently playing right now in the 11th seed uh, playing game out west. And in the east, Mount St. Mary and Texas Southern are in a very close matchup right now uh, in the second half. About to end that game as well. Uh, Just a couple playing games, so nothing too crazy right now. But I want to use this time to predict what the March Madness bracket might look like this year. Because obviously things are very interesting uh, in terms of deciding who to pick. Especially in the year that this has been where there's been COVID and a lot of the teams that are usually in the game aren't in it this year. There's a lot to consider and I think this might be one of the craziest March Madness years ever. But more importantly, we need to celebrate. It is the first time that we will have March Madness in our lives again in in nearly two years. It has been 710 days since we've had the last March Madness game. And it's a very exciting time for even me, who's not even a huge fan of college basketball, but just loves the March Madness tournament. Everyone I know is super excited about it. Even casual fans who don't know much about the different players are just excited to watch the March Madness, um, see some upsets, uh, see some great game winners for sure, some epic highlights, and all that good stuff. So I want to get started here just by going through each of the different regions and highlighting um, all the different matchups uh, for the first round, and just give my general thoughts and just see... um, just. Give a little take about it. Um, So I want to start in the uh, top right of the bracket. So that would be the Southern region. Um, At the top of the matchup, we have Baylor um, taking on uh, the Hartford Hawks. Um, This is a matchup where I think we can agree that Baylor is probably going to win. Number one seeds have literally won every time except... Uh, once, and that was in 2018 when UMBC beat Virginia in that epic game in 2018. Other than that, number one seeds always dominate the number 16 team seeds. So I don't want to spend too much time on the number one seeds. I think all of them, Gonzaga, Baylor, Michigan, and Illinois, are all going to advance into at least the round of 32. Now, the more interesting matchup here in the neck in the southern bracket is the UNC Wisconsin matchup at eight and nine. Um, obviously, two very different teams. Uh, UNC is a very good rebounding team. They score a lot of points. Um, they also do happen to give up a lot of points. Uh, the key I'm looking forward to here in the UNC game is trying to figure out who's the hotter team. Um, because on the one hand, UNC is a really good offensive rebounding team. They always find a way to put up a ton of shots. And also get a bunch of rebounds and put up more shots. While Wisconsin plays in more of a slower-tempoed, half-court style place, or pace, they don't turn the ball over that much. And they're very, very efficient with the ball. And this is going to be a very key matchup, because I could see either one of these teams winning. I think Wisconsin's defense is a little bit underrated, and I think that could prove very useful against a very potent UNC offense. 
Um, and currently right now, I have Wisconsin, the ninth seed, beating UNC. But literally, this is a coin flip. You can argue that UNC is a bit of a hotter team right now. You can argue that Wisconsin has shown bumps and bruises and they not be, may not be fit to even win one game. So this is going to be a close matchup. I think the key for this is going to be on the glass. Um... And in terms of just trying to figure out, like, who's going to dominate the boards, who's going to sell the tempo in the game. The key for this match, and for the 8 and 9 seed in particular, is that in 2019, so our last March Madness tournament, all of the 9 seeds ended up beating all of the 8 seeds. And this is the first time that's happened since 2001. So, obviously, there's going to be a really key game here, a uh, key game to watch here. I think this is one of those candidates where UNC and 8 seed will lose. I think that compared to the other matchups, I really like Wisconsin's chances here. Moving on to another interesting matchup in the sub, there is a lot of talk about Villanova being on early upset alert against Winthrop as uh, the 12th seed. Um, I kind of disagree. I think the hype behind Villanova or the the lack of hype behind Villanova is really um really not necessary. In the end, Jay Wright is a fantastic coach. I think. Sometimes coaches, in, especially in college basketball, can win you one or two games, especially if they've been there before. I like Villanova being winning three out of their four games against top 25 teams and ranking as one of the top 10 teams currently in the country. I like the fact that they can score a ton but also not give up a ton. I'm really liking their, their style of play. I understand that they lost their senior guard, who was a really good scoring threat and who settled the game down for everybody, but they still have other scores on the team. There is a very... Will they like make it to the, let's say, final four? Probably not, but saying that they're going to lose in the first round, I think is a little bit of an understatement. I think Winthrop's record of 23-1 is a little overrated. I mean, obviously, they don't play in a good conference. And number five seeds more have won six, over 64% of their games against number 12 seeds. Obviously, in 2019, that wasn't the case because um, in the last seven tourneys, uh, number 12s have won more matchups than number fives. But I still think Villanova's got a really good shot here. I think that they're they're uh, they should be favored over Winthrop uh, without a doubt. The next matchup: Purdue and Uni uh, University of North Texas. North Texas this year is my sleeper team. I understand that Purdue is a very tough team. Don't get me wrong. They're Purdue has after all been a 500 team against top 25 opponents. Their BPI rank is 26 compared to North Texas is 68. But I got a good feeling, especially when it comes to UNT's defense. I think UNT has a really good chance to just force Purdue into a lot of misses, a lot of sloppy play. This is a really good chance in an upset. I could see UNT really going far here. I don't know how it's going to last, but I think it's possible. And then a key fact here is that a 13 seed has always beaten a number four seed in all in the past 35 years, 25 times, and just in the past two tourneys alone. Five of the eight matches have been decided by single games. I this is this has an opportunity to be a major upset. This is obviously a bit of a risk. I think Purdue, you can argue, is very underrated in the bracket this year, especially in the middle of that southern region. But UNT have got winning right now. They're my shocker team. I am going all in as the team to uh, pull off some major upsets. Another matchup that's very intriguing to me, Texas Tech University taking on Utah State University. Um, a 6-11 matchup, definitely tough to decide against. Um, but I like Texas Tech. They've made it to the Final Four and have surprised teams so many times before. I think they can make a deep run this year, uh, arguably to maybe the Sweet 16 and even the Elite Eight. There's obviously questions were there. I like the chances of uh, Texas Tech. I think they've got more experience. I think their coach is just another great coach that can win them a couple games just by the... the uh, um, by his fundamentals. So I think Utah State, they're going to have a great uh, game, but I don't think they're going to stand a chance. Similarly for Arkansas and Colgate, while I love Colgate being a frisky team, I think Arkansas is just way too damn talented this year. They've outlasted all expectations in the preseason, and I think they have a really good chance to move on a decent amount in this tournament. 
One of the more other interesting matchups in the South, or in the, uh, excuse me, in the Southern region, is Florida, or the University of Florida taking on Virginia Tech. Obviously, one team we have experience of as Syracuse fans because they're in our ACC, and another team in Florida, which just always seems to be very consistent. The key versus Virginia Tech against top 25 teams, they are undefeated at 4-0. Florida, only a 500 record. Another key is that Florida scores more, but they also give up more points, whereas Virginia Tech scores less than Florida, but they also give up less points. This is definitely going to be one of the closer matchups. I could see a world in which um, this can go either way. I'm leaning toward Virginia Tech because I have experience watching them. I like their upside just a little bit more. Um, overall, I think that the... Uh, I think that the Virginia Tech has a really good chance to uh, win a couple games and scare some people. And lastly, another quick one here, Ohio State University taking on ORU as the 15th seed. Ohio State's a really good team. You can make a case they should be in the Final Four. They have like a dark horse chance of making it. I like their chances. I want to move on to now the Midwestern region. Um, Illinois, again, we're going to skip. I think as a one seed, they stand a really good chance. Um, a very interesting matchup is this... Um, uh, Loyola Chicago taking on Georgia Tech matchup as the 8-9 seed. Um, Georgia Tech has won, is 5-3 and three against top 25 teams, but they also, as of today, just lost their best uh, in, guy in Moses Wright, who is their, their very good two-way player at the big position. He's gotten out because of COVID for a couple rounds. This could be the chance for Loyola Chicago to pull off a major upset here uh, and do some damage, especially on... The defensive. I think Georgia Tech could really struggle. I think Loyola Chicago is a very frisky offensive team where if they're, they're shooting well, it's going great. But if they're not shooting well, it's not so good. I'm really liking Georgia's uh, uh, an upset alert here. Or not an upset alert. I guess just more Loyola Chicago's chances because that presence down low is going to be lacking for Georgia Tech. And I think there's going to be a lot of easy layups, a lot of free throw opportunities, and things of that nature. Um, another candidate for upset alert. I got Oregon State. Upsetting Tennessee, a little bit of a of a tricky situation here because obviously Tennessee, another one of these SEC teams that's been fantastic, but somewhat inconsistent. They lack on offense. They're not a good offensive team, especially in terms of all-around scoring at the three-point line, at layups, at free throws, all that stuff. But they are really good on defense, and I think that could be the calling card against an Oregon State team that doesn't have any lights-out scores. With that said, though, Oregon State is coming off a tremendous um, tournament, I think in the Pac-12 or whatever conference room. Oregon State's got a really good chance here, just from the catching fire type vibe. I like Oregon State's chances here. You can make a case that Tennessee is probably good, and I'm just an idiot here, but I really like uh, Oregon State's chances. The next matchup, another simple one. Oklahoma State taking on Liberty. Uh, Why praise Liberty for its very good record. Oklahoma State and Kate Cunningham are just going to be too unstoppable to beat. I've got them moving on to the next round. I don't want to spend any more time on that. As a Syracuse fan, the most interesting matchup in this in this Midwest region, uh, San Diego State University taking on the 11th seed Orange at 16-9. Uh, obviously, the key for San Diego State, they don't give up a lot of points, but at the same time, their conference of play was very, very easy. Syracuse has scored more points than them, despite playing in a tough for ACC. I know that this is me being a little bit of a homer. I really like Syracuse this year. They go to the free throw line a ton, and they make a lot of their free throws. There's a lot of three-point shooting. And I think the biggest aspect is that non-ACC teams always struggle against our 2-3 zone. And I think this could be a really good chance for Syracuse to always pull off these upsets where they're facing these better teams that just aren't used to a 2-3 zone. And I think that can matter. That, that's definitely going to matter in the grand scheme of things. I can see Syracuse going a long way here. The key for that game, from Syracuse's perspective, is attacking the glass. I think 
if you're San Diego State, you need to pound the offensive rebounds. You need to crash the glass. You need to settle the pain, the tempo for the game. If you let Syracuse control the ball, they're going to win the game. If you go out on the fast break and take advantage of Mark Dolziak playing at the five, I think that they're going to win this game. But for now, I got Syracuse, especially with the way Buddy Beheim's been playing, um, averaging over 25 points, shooting the lights out from three. I really like Syracuse's chances to make a big run here. Uh, another matchup that's interesting, but unfortunately I think won't go our way. Uh, Moorhead State taking on West Virginia University. As a Syracuse fan, I want uh, Moorhead State to win. Unfortunately, West Virginia is just way too good. Uh, they played a lot of tough teams this year. Um, they're sitting at 18-9, but 12 of their games were against top 25 opponents. Moorhead State hasn't played really anybody good this year. I like West Virginia's chances. I've got them in moving on to the next round. A potential upset alert. 7-seeded Clemson taking on 10-seeded Rutgers. I'm liking Rutgers' chances here, especially on offense. I think they can outscore a really talented Clemson team. They beat Illinois earlier this year in December. Well, I guess like last year. Um, they don't have that many quality wins. However, they also are a team that has been very consistent. They have a combination of elite paint protection while also enough offensive scoring. I'm liking that 7-10 matchup. A key thing you have to realize is that um, in more recent years, 10 seeds have been more likely to win those matchups over the 7 seeds. And I think that's definitely going to matter um, come playoff t or come this March Madison. I like Rutgers moving on to the next round. And lastly, in the Midwest region, Houston uh, taking on a, uh, the Cle a 15 seed Cleveland. Um, for as much as I can berate Houston for playing a very easy conference, Houston's just the better team here. I don't see any problem with an upset. I think we're just going to move on to our next uh, bracket or next part of the bracket. Moving on to the next half of the bracket. Number one seed Gonzaga taking on one of the playing game candidates of Norfolk State or Appalachian State. Regardless of who makes that game, I've got Gonzaga moving on. They're arguably the favorites this year to win. Their team is really good this year. Three of their guys arguably are first-round picks in this upcoming NBA draft. I really like their chances. Another tough game to call here, um, Oklahoma University taking on Missouri. I don't know what to do here. I lean toward Oklahoma. I really like their wins, especially against, um, they had very close contests against Kansas, they beat West Virginia twice, they split games against Texas, they beat Alabama, which is a good team this year. They ended off the season losing four straight games, that can obviously be a bit of a blunder, I'm very scared, but they're one of the most well-rounded teams in the country, their 15-10 and 10 record doesn't reflect how good they are, 12 of their games were against top 25 opponents. You can make a case Missouri might be better in the six games they played top 25. They went four and two. They're the better. Um, they're a slightly worse on offense, but they can still match up to Oklahoma. Um, I'm leaning toward Oklahoma, but don't be surprised if Michigan or Missouri pulls off this upset. Now, this is where the bracket gets very interesting because we have two teams that are on major upset alert in back-to-back -back parts of the bracket. We have Creighton on upset alert against UCSB, and we got UVA on upset alert against Ohio. I have upsets going on in both those things. I think Creighton lacking their coach is going to be a problem. In the same way that having a good coach can lead to more wins, not having that coach can lead to less wins and a, a lesser chance of winning a key game. And for UVA, I just think they've been very inconsistent. Syracuse has been a very inconsistent team this year, and they almost beat. And they almost they it took a game winner to beat that team. They've slipped in the past couple games. They have COVID issues, and obviously COVID issues don't really do well. They have a decent uh, offense that, but they're not the best of defenses, which I think could benefit an Ohio team that's lacking in scoring or that's uh, doing really well in scoring. I think they can match up very well on the scoring end. I think it's Ohio State or Ohio's defense that's going to make or break how far Virginia moves on. 
Uh, another game is the Creighton team taking on USCB. Um, again, they did lose to Georgetown recently. I think that's a bit of a scary sign. With that said, um, they're one of the best shooting teams. They have really good three-point shooters. Um, they have a lot of guys um, who average in double figures. Um, they have a lot of experience on the team, a lot of older guys. With that said, UCSB, um, they are very hot right now. They are currently 18-1 in their last 19 games. Uh, they have major upset probability to move on uh, into the next round, or the round of 32 for the March Madness Tournament. Uh, two non-upsets here, but I think we can go by these games really quick. Uh, USC is taking on one of Drake or Wichita. Currently, Wichita is up right now, um, so that's still pending. Wichita is always one of these teams where if they end up winning their playing game, they actually end up doing really well in the tournament. So this is kind of a scary thing. It, USC lost in the first round. I wouldn't be surprised, but for now, they're playing uh, one of Wichita Drake lean toward Wichita. I still got USC. I love Evan Mobley as a prospect. I think that team is really young, very deep, and very exciting. Uh, and Kansas is taking on a three-seed EWU. For as much of this team, as much as the Eagles are a really decent team, three seeds have won basically 85% of their meetings against 14 seeds. Um, so more likely than not, I think Kansas is going to move on as an overwhelming favorite. Oregon taking on VCU. This is a tough seven to ten matchup to decide here. I think um, Oregon is obviously the better offensive team than VCU, but VCU's got a really good defense. They both haven't played any good opponents. They're ranked kind of the same in BPI, nothing too intense. I think the key for this game is going to be how does Oregon bounce back? Because before losing to Oregon State in that Pac-12 tournament, the Ducks did win, I think it was like 10 of their last 11 or 11 of their last 12. They have multiple seniors in their starting lineup who are really good scorers, both averaging near 17 points a game. Five of their guys average double figures. It's a veteran team. I'm really liking Oregon's chances here. Not just to win this game, but even make a little bit of noise. And then lastly, Grand Canyon University has a 15 seed. Go Grand Canyon is taking on the second seeded Iowa. Um, uh, what's their name? Hawkeyes. Um, while Grand Canyon, it's cool for you guys to be in the tournament. Iowa's got a really talented team. Luca Garza is fantastic prospect. I'm really liking their chances. Um, so I'm not going to spend too much time on that. And lastly, let's focus on the East region. Michigan, despite losing their one of their best players, is still the one seed. They are taking on one of Mount St. Mary's or Texas Southern. As of right now, Texas Southern is barely winning that game right now, so we'll keep, uh, hopefully we'll find out the result of that tomorrow. Um, even though they, even though Michigan, I still got a lot of questions for, I think they can definitely slip by and win this first game. Tough matchup here. LSU taking on SBU. The St. Bonaventure Bonnies, always a scary team to decide how good they are. Haven't played anybody in the top 25 this year, yet ranked similarly in BPI to LSU. LSU is only 2-5 and five against top 25 opponents, so you can argue that they played a lot of easy teams and not a lot of good teams. Um, but with that said, they did have some key wins this year. They beat Arkansas twice. They beat Tennessee. They barely uh, lost to Florida, um, barely lost to Texas Tech. They beat Missouri. Those are good teams. And I know, and I just don't, I don't like SBU's resume. They're only... Um, key wins, I guess, were two times against VCU, which is a 10 seed in this tournament, and Richmond. So it's not like they're lighting the world on fire here. I'm liking LSU's chances, but don't be surprised if the Bonnies pull out and make some noise. A very controversial pick here, but Dominic, yes, I am choosing Georgetown, the 12th seed, over Colorado State, the 5th seed. I really like the Georgetown team. They entered the Big East tournament with a losing record. They won four straight games. They absolutely nuked Creighton. They have one of the best rebounding duos in the league, or in the March management, in Kudos Wahab and Jamorco Piquet. Um, they have a lot of upside scores, like Johan Blair, who I think could do really well. And even though five seeds were more likely than not going to beat 12 seeds, 
uh, in the past two years, in the past couple of years, we've seen how 12 seeds have been able to win more games than the five seeds. This could be a case for Georgetown, just being a hot team coming to the tournament, just making some noise and uh, uh, getting a big win out of here. Florida State is taking on UNCG in this next matchup. Um, I'm really liking Florida State just to go really deep into the playoffs, not only just as a um, making it in one or two games. I've got them as a Final Four team right now. It's a little bit of a hot take, but they've got one of the best offenses in the country. All of their players have at least one field goal or three-point field goal per game. Um, they have a really good offensive rebounding uh, duo as well. Um, their their senior is a forward, or they have a, a, a forward who's a starter who's a senior. That was a lot of uh, forwards. Um, they basically have like a, a solid defense that focuses on giving up three-point shots and limiting the paint, which is basically the, the NCAA version of the Milwaukee Bucks. Uh, Florida State's got a chance to make some noise as a four-seed uh, heading into this tournament. An, a potential upset alert that I really, really love, and I'm going to have as a lock here. BYU as a six-seed, being upset by one of the at Michigan State University or UCLA, that playing game is occurring later tonight as we're recording this. I really like Michigan State University. Um, to pull off some upsets here, not only just making it, um, uh, making it, uh, just a couple rounds. I think they can go really, really far. I don't know what what I'm feeling here. I just really think that teams that play in the playing game have that up where yes, they might be tired, but they also just like get a key win against a really good team and they catch on fire. Don't be surprised if MSU or UCLA not only beats BYU, but maybe even gives Texas a little scare. In that next round, uh, a little bit of a spoiler alert, I have Texas beating ACU. I think Texas is a really good team this year. Last two matchups. Um, the first one's obviously a little bit more difficult to decide. Seven-seeded UConn is taking on number 10-seed Maryland. Maryland I really love um, as a 10-seed. They do an excellent job uh, shooting at the three-point line. Um, but they're also a terrible team when it comes to turnovers and crashing the glass. And in uh, the March Madness tournament, crashing the glass is really key. Making free throws and getting to the line, or making free throws and getting to the line and grabbing offensive and defensive rebounds is, is absolutely astronomically important. I think UConn's got a bit more of a talented team. They've got a more well-rounded team. I'm going to go with UConn. And lastly, second seed Alabama taking on Iona. Um, Alabama is definitely an interesting case to be a potential Final Four team. They've been really good all year, definitely outlasting expectations. Their coach is obviously very talented and on the Coach of the Year track. Um, so I really like their chances. I've got them beating Iona. So just to recap, I've got Baylor, Wisconsin, Villanova, the University of North Texas, Texas Tech University, Arkansas, Virginia Tech, Ohio State University, all moving on in the southern region. In the Midwest region, I got Illinois, Loyola uh, University, Chicago, Oregon State, Oklahoma State, Syracuse, West Virginia University, Rutgers, and Houston moving on in that in that part of the bracket. Out west, I have Gonzaga, Oklahoma State, or Oklahoma University, excuse me, UCSB, Ohio, uh, USC, Kansas, Oregon, Iowa. And lastly, in the east region, I have Michigan, LSU, Georgetown, FSU, one of Missouri, uh, Michigan State University or UCLA, depending on who wins the playing game, Texas, UConn, and Alabama. Uh, so in terms of what to expect heading into tomorrow, uh, once this podcast gets released, those 7-10 to 10 to 8-9 matches are going to be really intriguing to watch. If I had to pick a game especially to watch, that Wisconsin-North Carolina game in the first round is going to be fantastic. That BCU or BYU-Michigan State or UCLA matchup is going to be fantastic. 
Um, and watch out for some upsets, especially the Villanova Winthrop category, um, the UC UCSB or the UCSB over Creighton, Ohio over Virginia matchups. Uh, just be on the lookout for that. So yeah, that's basically my rundown of the March Madness tournament. We're gonna have guests on in future episodes to talk about the earlier games as well as predict further rounds uh, once they happen. Um, I just want to give off a couple updates. First off, thank you guys so much for all the support. It's been a really good couple of weeks. We've, in just a short amount of time, there's been a lot of guests piling up who want to be on the pod. I think it's gotten off to a great start. I love the diversity in our story and the, the, the news we're talking about and the storylines we're talking about. And we're at an interesting point right now. we got a lot of cool episodes coming up. Uh, the NBA trade deadline is a one week away. There's already been several major trades. We're only two months out from the playoffs. It's going to be a very exciting time. Uh, and we also obviously have the March Madness Tournament. Uh, football, the NFL free agency is about to wrap up. The draft is coming soon. Baseball starting up in basically two weeks. So we have an interesting turning point here uh, for the Dunkin' with Dom pod. And the future is bright and uh, ready to go. So I'm very excited. Um, so again, this is just a very quick episode. I just wanted to run this March Madness down. Have this on the record uh, for both uh, picks that I make accurately and for, for all the blunders I have. Because um, there's a chance that half this bracket will be nuked by uh, tomorrow night after you hear this pod. Um, so anyway, just a couple more announcements. Uh, thank you guys so much. Again... Every Tuesday and Thursday, we're going to have new episodes unless we have special episodes like we will have in this upcoming week. The schedule will always be released for episodes on Sunday, preferably in the morning. Um, always be sure to check them out on Apple Podcasts and Spotify for all the latest episodes. And if you have any questions, obviously, you can reach out to me. Um, anyways, thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, I look forward to the upcoming weeks of the Dunkin' with Dom pod. Uh, we got a lot to talk about. I'm very excited for all the guests we're going to bring on, and it's going to be a really good couple of months. I've got a good feeling about this one. But with that said, guys, take care. I hope you have a great rest of your day, and everybody, please stay safe out there. I will see you guys hopefully very soon.